Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1082. What good are wings without the courage to fly? This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Derek DeBoer. Hey, Derek, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am buckled up. It's one of my favorite uh, things to be. (laughs) Absolutely. Derek DeBoer is a race car driver who currently drives for the Racers Group in a Porsche Cayman GT4 Club Sport MR Evo. He's an Ashland, Oregon native who grew up in a family where racing and the love of cars was the center of everyday life. His grandfather raced on dirt car circuits and his father ran a top alcohol dragster. In college, Derek was a pro-level wakeboarder and today he's part of a startup company designing and manufacturing wakeskates. He started his racing career 18 years ago at Laguna Seca in a Formula Dodge. He's raced in the Formula Renault Open Wheel Series and the ST Class of Grand Am. Derek has won at Le Mans and he's finished 10 finishes at the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. And he ran multiple times at the 24-hour of Thunderhill and competed in many IMSA Continental Tire Series races. He found a home of racing at the Racers Group in Aston Martin and Lamborghinis, and he competed in the Pirelli World Challenge, racing in the GTS and Sprint X categories. His 2016 season included two wins at Road America and Utah Motorsports Campus and seven podium finishes at Laguna Seca, Circuit of the Americas, and Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. So, Derek, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you and your career. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your racing and a very obvious passion for going very fast in cars? Well, it's kind of a fun list hearing all that out loud because it is such a (laughs) path of hard work. You sometimes wonder, why are you doing it? And, you know, you feel like you're just thrashing to be involved sometimes. But hearing you read all that off, it's like, man, there's been a lot of really good stuff that happened. So (laughs) no doubt, no doubt. But absolutely, I've got a, a deep passion for racing, and the more that I've gotten into it, we've learned what a great platform it is to share some pretty great messages. And I love being a uh, partnership team with my wife. She's developed a reality television series that's on Amazon Prime about us. It's called Fast Life TV, and it's all about this path of getting outside of the box, admitting your dreams, and chasing your dreams. So that's a, a big part of our story. Absolutely. Well, it's very, very cool and wonderful to have a family involved in your passion, especially racing, because it takes you away from home so much. Uh, You're a very fortunate guy. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has meaning for you in your life and your racing. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on Cars Yeah. So, Derek, take the wheel. Well, there's a quote from Atticus that's kind of a common theme throughout our reality series that says something along the lines of, what good are wings without the courage to fly? So I kind Ah. of reflect on that one quite often, especially in the down moments where we're wondering, what the heck are we doing? Is this really all worth it? That one one really rings true for me. You know, I love that, uh, especially as it relates to racing. Let me, uh, I'm going to get into some of the challenges with racing in a minute, but first I want to start by asking you about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Having a grandfather and a father that was into racing, obviously, 
that was a big influence on you. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you indeed were going to be a race car driver too? You know, I think, uh, yeah, you kind of nailed the first part of it. And I, I hate to go there because it's the obvious answer, but just growing up at the track with my father, traveling with him, seeing him as one of those superheroes in the fire suit was certainly a big part of it. But, you know, just as a, as a young boy, you know, watching things like the Indy 500, you know, that, that was the household sport for me. It wasn't so much the Super Bowl or the World Series, but watching those, to me, superheroes in their fire suits climbing into the Indy cars, that was what I wanted to do. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and having a dad who raced alcohol, tough fuel dragsters. My dad used to take me to the dragsters up in Orange County before there was an Irvine, California, back when I was a kid in, in the 60s and 70s, and we'd watch those dragsters run, and they just took your breath away. I can't imagine watching your dad crawl into one of those things and have it rip off some some Christmas lights and go down the track. And that must've been something. I think I was too young to know that all those flames and explosions were actually dangerous. I just thought it was all really cool. And I got the job of driving (laughs) the dragster back, you know, under the toe strap behind the dually. And that was all it really took to get me engaged. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine that. Yeah. Again, I remember going, it just would take your breath away. And once in a while we could get down into the pits and walk around and talk to the drivers. And one guy even lifted me up and put me in his, dragster and i was i was sitting there i still remember this i'm going how on earth do you know where you're going all i see is an engine in front of me now this was you know when the engines were in the front of the driver and those those bell housings are right between your legs where they could just blow everything you owned as a man to pieces but uh must have been a wonderful life for sure well let's take a look at some of the challenges and some of the failures you faced along the way because you have chosen a life with huge ups and downs. Oh my gosh, not only entrepreneurial in racing, but racing itself. So I'd love for you to take us to a place that was a big challenge for you, or even a big failure, maybe a time where you're saying, okay, this is, I got to go do get a real job, I guess, if you had one of those. But walk us through that. But more importantly, what did that teach you so that you could move forward in a positive light? Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, this is a sport with lots of ups and lots of downs and the downs are certainly more frequent, but the the ups are so great that they more than make up for it. Early on was a really challenging time and something that we talk about a lot in fast life. And when I'm doing any speaking to a crowd or anything is kind of, you know, digging into yourself and figuring out what that passion is, what dream you want to chase and being really honest with yourself and then having the courage to admit it out loud. And that's a hard thing to do. For me, especially growing up in a family business in a small town, it sometimes feels a little bit under the microscope. Had the courage to do that, said, I want to do this. I want to be a professional race car driver. My wife was on board. She encouraged me to do it. And early on, everything just started coming together really perfectly. You know, I did a test with TRG. I was fast. The team owner liked me. We got along really well. We started doing some races together. I was able to to raise the money. He had a sponsor that came to the team that wanted to fund me. And it was like, wow, this is how it all really works. This is amazing. I'm, I'm now a pro driver. That was too easy. Well, you know what? It was too good to be true, like many things are. And that sponsorship uh, situation turned out to be fraudulent. It took us down a path that was really challenging. You know, there was some money that got fronted and money that was lost and commitments that, that couldn't be you know, managed. And, and I'm somebody that my word is good as gold. I, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. But I was kind of in this embarrassed stage now where I had said, this is what I was going to do. It was all happening. And then all of a sudden the rug is, you know, yanked out from underneath you. But 
looking back at it now, I'm still with the same team, super tight friends with everybody on the team, the team owner and his wife. And I think that this was a situation that forced us all to, to grow together in a way that we wouldn't have if it was just all easy and perfect. We navigated these waters and got through it and we're all still together. What a story. Well, what's your big takeaway from that situation? Because obviously when you go into a situation that everything's falling into place, you really almost don't allow yourself to think this could not be true. This could all be fake. This could be some fraud involved or whatever it might be. What's your big lesson from that experience that you might share with somebody who maybe is going through the same thing or has been through the same thing? You know, it's hard for me to say because I'm pretty proud about, you know, one attribute of my life that's so far served me really well is being an optimist, expecting the best of people, looking at the glasses half full. And in this situation, it bit me. There were some red flags, but I was choosing to believe the best in this person in this situation. And I think you just really need to be eyes wide open and, and be willing to ask some of the hard questions and, and watch your own back and not just just blindly assume that things are always going to be great because unfortunately there's a lot of people out there that aren't honest or don't have the same integrity and morals that you know that you do. You know, I've been in a similar situation and I call it being blinded by the bling. Uh, sometimes when everything looks all shiny and rosy and perfect, you just kind of go, whoa, this is so nice. Everything, you know, I've worked really hard. I'm a good person and that's, I'm somewhat deserving. I hate to use that word because I don't like that, but because of my hard work, that's why these things have come through. And when those little warning bells are going off and that gut, that guy in your gut's going, uh, 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 be careful. You just want to push him down and go, well, don't wreck the party. Things are going really well for me right now. Exactly. It's, it's worth listening to though, right? Yes. Always worth listening to your gut. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit and shift gears and talk about a aha moment in your career. I would assume you've had many of these. When you saw a new path to go down, new opportunity, a new roadway to take, uh, tell us about one of yours and how it changed your life. You know, there were several aha moments in this sport and in this world. You know, I I do have the privilege of having another full-time job on the side, and I've learned a lot about how to be better in that business by learning about the business of motorsports. And my team owner, Kevin Buckler, is such an example of that. I don't know if I've met somebody that works as hard and long and tirelessly as he does. So learning how the business of motorsports can work was very eye-opening and ways that I could translate that commitment back to the the car dealerships at home have, have been a pretty huge one. I think the other aha moment was my first professional win that came at Road America in 2016. It just became a real eye-opener that hey, I do completely belong here. I can compete at this level and above. That was a really, really nice feeling and not so much a justification, but a pat on the back where you totally understood that what you were doing was the right path. Yeah, and Road America, that iconic track. I got to race vintage cars there once and I got to spend three days with their driving school there one time and with the open wheel uh, formula cars, the small cars. And um, man, what a fun place. So to... To have that first win at that track with that legacy, yes, most definitely, you've arrived. That's yeah, very cool. That, that was a good one. I obviously have a very uh, soft spot in my heart for Elkhart Lake. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, just the town, everything there is wonderful. Let's do a quick shout out to the company you work with. Let's let's talk about them real quick. 
Yes, I've grown up in the car business. I'm a third generation car dealer. My father and I are are partners in the business and we've got two other partners in two of the stores, but I I manage a small group of dealerships in Southern Oregon, TC Chevrolet, Airport Chevrolet and Southern Oregon Subaru. Amazingly, we have really, really great partners and really, really great teams at those stores that allow me to be out doing what I'm doing. There There was a moment where I was kind of shy about communicating what I was out doing, it made it really difficult. And and again, as I got bold enough to say, you know what, I've, I've got this dream to be a professional racer and I kind of need all of your help to do it, then truly did empower the managers and the new partners to run the business as they need to. Things got better. Business got more fun. Isn't it funny how that works? They were thriving <laughs> yeah. and I, and they have been really supportive. And I, and I think they enjoy seeing the success that's happening here. And that's part of the excitement about this Portland race coming up. It's the first one that's close enough to home. We've got a pretty hefty uh, list of guests coming from the dealership. Nice, nice. Well, you know, you learned another secret sauce to life there, and that is empower the right people on your team. And I, I would assume because racing is all about teamwork, there's no one person in any race. There's so many people behind a racing team that to translate that to a business and then empower each of those people to do their job well takes a huge burden off your shoulders. All of a sudden you go, oh, that, they can do that. It's not easy, but it's a lot easier and you can focus on the track and the racing when you're there. Nice story. Well, shout out to those dealerships down there in the beautiful city of Ashland. If uh, listeners have never been to Ashland, Oregon, you really should visit it. It's wonderful. They have an annual Shakespeare Festival, which is fantastic. It's a really special place in the country. So uh, visit Ashland and stop in at some of those uh, Chevy and Subaru dealerships and say hello. Very nice. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. Is there a first car that came into your life, either a street car, maybe it's a first really special race car you climbed into and ran that uh, you could share a memory about? I'll probably go down the path of two cars. I think always the first car has special memories and a special moment. And even though I grew up in a car dealer family, I remember going shopping with my dad for my first car, and we actually bought it from a different car lot, which... Now, looking back, I think is the strangest thing, but it was a really awesome <laughs> yes. lesson to learn about negotiating and making sure I was getting a good car. He could have taken the easy path and just you know, sent me down to the lot and picked something out. But uh went and bought a 1974 Chevy Blazer, and I had saved up some money for it. And he helped out a little bit, but we went and you know made the deal at, at a different spot. And that car was just awesome. I have, I have tons of fond memories of it. As far as the first race car goes, you know, like I said, my my passion was... IndyCar and wanting to be in those open wheel cars. And I started out in Skip Barber in their Formula Dodge program. And then I had uh, met someone who became very influential in my racing life, Pierre Phillips. He was part of Formula Renault coming over from Europe and running in North America. And I kind of managed to talk myself into a test with him in this uh, new car. It was probably quite a ways over my head at that point in time. You know, I'd done maybe one Formula Dodge race, and this was a lot more car. But that uh, test at Willow Springs just felt like one of the most epic moments in my life when I flew down there and got to go in this car that in Europe is a feeder into Formula One and had a really successful uh, venture and met this amazing person. So I'd say that that Formula Renault was the the first really uh, awesome racing experience that I got to have. Oh, no doubt. And Willow Springs, too, another iconic track. 74 Blazer. When I was a kid, I just had my license for a year, and my neighbor up the street was a general manager at City Chevrolet in Mission Bay, San Diego, and he used to pay me 50 bucks 
to do dealer trades. And I would drive Chevy Blazers up to LA, pick up another one and bring it back. I thought I was a king of the road driving those things up and down the coast when I was just a young kid. But yeah, I remember those Blazers. They were great. They were yeah, fun you, you vehicles. Are, you're so. a king of the road in one of those things. There's not much that can stop you. Well, back in those days, there weren't a lot of SUVs, of course. Everything were sedans. So uh, yeah, you were really high up and uh, yeah, they were really fun. And Actually, I drove one of those all the way down to the tip of Baja, California once on a uh, surfing safari that we took. Uh, took a month off and we drove all the way down the tip of Baja and then ferried across and drove all the way back up Mexico in one of those things. So very intimate with the Chevy Blazer, for sure. How about a car that you've owned to let go? Is there one of those that brings a tear to your eye? The seller's remorse story? No, there's not. No? Growing, growing <laughs> up as a car dealer, I'm, I'm used to loving a yeah. car and letting it go. So I've, I've had Good to for uh, force my way past having any uh, seller's remorse. There is one that I almost let go that I recently did decide to keep because I, I love it so much. And that's the uh, the Chevy SS, which is based uh, actually is the Holden Commodore from Australia. And uh, we've sold a ah. lot of those for our dealership. And it's become a car that I absolutely love and uh, had one of the very last ones in the United States in inventory. And, you know, we'd get 15 phone calls a day and I, I finally told the guys to stop trying to sell it. And we're going to keep that one. I'm going to keep that one. Good for you. Always good to keep something like that. Well, let's talk about today and what has you really excited and fired up. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about this uh, TV series you work on with your wife, your racing. What has got you excited today, Derek? Yeah, there's a there's a couple things. Certainly, the fact that we get to have a home state race with Pirelli World Challenge and their their big comeback and professional racing's big comeback into Oregon and at PIR. You know, that's huge for us right now and it's super exciting to get to be back there the last time i raced there was in formula Renault, and then that does tie in to the reality show fast life tv because that's just taking on a life of its own and certainly with this hometown race there's some attention coming to it but for my wife's brainchild fast life tv to be taking off the way that it is and seeing her passion come alive in conjunction with mine, is a pretty awesome thing. Yes. Yeah, no doubt. And remind our listeners, where can they uh, watch that TV show? So it currently is streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, there's a direct link at fastlife.tv. We do have distribution um, coming up on cable pay-per-view as well. That's supposed to be live later this summer. And we're just getting ready to launch season two, which we expect to be going live on Amazon Prime this fall. Awesome. Well, congratulations for that. Very, very exciting. And again, fun you can do that with your wife. And before I jump to the next question, now you you raced Aston Martins and now you're in a Cayman. Give us your reflection on the difference of two very different race cars. Well, and I had a hard time answering your last question about, you know, the favorite cars that I've been in as well, because it seems like each one that keeps coming down down the pipe is the favorite. But, um, yep. you know, the early entry with TRG into their Aston Martin program was huge. And those Aston Martins, you know, I just, I, I became one with, I absolutely love the brand. I love the people involved. I love the car. And it's just an amazing, amazing car to race. Of course, it'll always have a soft spot in my heart having my first professional win in one. I got to win the Aston Martin Le Mans Festival, uh, you know, in the Aston Martin GT4. My first uh, Rolex uh, 24 hour was in the Aston Martin GT3. Very familiar with the cars and absolutely love them. But also, you have to be careful what you wish for is something I'm always saying. Because when I stepped into that car, I wasn't necessarily an Aston fan. I just knew that TRG was one of the most 
equips teams to go win races in North American endurance car racing. And I kept saying, I'd drive a Yugo if that's what TRG was running. I'd know that I'd have a chance to win. So when they went back to their roots with Porsche, which actually came very last minute, literally, we had tested the Aston for this season. We were ready to go racing in the Aston. And one day before I left for our opening race at Circuit of the Americas, Kevin calls me and says, hey, we're switching to Porsche. Hope you're ready. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So uh, literally uh, a second truck had to go to the track with a different car because we had made the change. So um, it's very fun to be part of TRG's comeback to their their kind of heart and soul has always been with Porsche and treat to be a part of it. And a little bit of a learning curve. It's a lot of a different car, but we're we're becoming one, feeling comfortable in it. And feel like we've got a pretty good shot in Portland in the car. What would you say is the biggest one differentiator between the Aston and the Porsche? Obviously, engine placement in the car is a huge factor in the way those cars are designed and run. But what's what's the one big thing that, that stands out for you? You know, the Aston is amazing on the brakes and has a lot of horsepower. It's like a stop and point and shoot car. The Porsche is a total momentum car. And coming to terms with the amount of minimum speed that I can carry in that car versus the Aston has been, uh, you know, it takes a lot of trust and confidence to to kind of get used to. You know, there's there's moments in, in the Porsche where it's just doing its thing that would be absolutely... Uh oh, I'm going into the wall in the Aston. So it's a, it's just a whole different program. You know, wow. getting comfortable Very with that, cool. that difference in minimum speed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the Porsches, of course, as my listeners know. So that's great. Well, how about this question? Very introspective. If Derek was a car or a race car, what would he be and why? Oh, boy. Who's listening and how politically correct should I be on this one? <laughs> hey, this is cars. Yeah. We are all enthusiasts here. So, uh, don't worry, just as long as you keep it family friendly. Since we're racing a Porsche and I'm becoming one with this brand and we're looking to continue to push it and grow with the program, let's say I'd be a Porsche. You know, I think it's a okay. it's a car that's reliable and it gets the job done. And uh, at least I like to think it, it looks pretty good while we're doing it. So but then the other hand, I might say I'm, I might be a Chevy Volt because it's a, it's a little bit of a surprise and you don't quite know what you're going to get. So <laughs> Exactly. On the Chevy Volt. Well, when the Volt first came out, I, I got to drive one of those. And I was actually, I went into a very skeptical, this, of course, this is way back when electric cars were kind of in their infancy if, in a way. But I was really impressed with that car. I thought it was a really nice car. Drove really well. I, was, I got out of it going, yeah, that is pretty cool. And then look where we are now. What, 10 years later, something like that, where all everything's going electric and there's some pretty amazing things happening out there in the world with automobiles. Well, Derek, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator. And you can get yours in different colors and finishes. 
and they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Hey, this is Mark Green. Are you interested in selling online and building a sustainable business? Bonanza is a marketplace platform that empowers you to create your dream business. Getting started at Bonanza is easy. You can start fresh or import your items from other marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or Shopify. Auto parts and accessories are a high-performance category at Bonanza, and there's no risk involved in signing up. There are no listing fees or monthly fees. You pay only when you make the sale. Bonanza listens to seller feedback and uses it to improve tools and build new features, so there are tons of customization options for sellers no matter what the size of your business. Be sure to sign up using the link bonanza.com slash cars yeah, and you'll receive a free consultation with Bonanza experts who make sure that you are on your way to generating sales. That's bonanza.com slash cars yeah. All right, Derek, we're back and we're entering what I call the last lap. This is a place you've been in many times. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick Blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive or racing advice you've ever received? Oh, man. Did you stump me already? <laughs> well, it's a lightning round, you know. Right. <laughs> Not to set any limits on yourself. Ah, I like that. Very nicely said. Now, would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes? Always trying to be more prepared than the guy next to you. Oh, gosh, yeah. How many times have I heard that from... Probably 300 racers I've had on the show now that you win the race before you even get to the track by pairing properly. Absolutely. It's kind of the way life is. Yeah, the way life is too. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you're really fond of? Either a website, a supplier, maybe an app or a person even? You know, I work with Simon Hayes on my my physical training with performance physics, and he's been a really wonderful supporter in more ways than just writing workouts that prepare you to be in the car. He's a a great person to bounce advice off of and just get some encouragement. And that's one part of being more prepared than the guy next to you. I feel a lot of confidence going into a race when I feel like I've worked hard. I'm physically set to be in the race. And he's been a big part of that. Now, if I could uh, wave my magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? I'm going to go with Michael Schumacher. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? Gosh, yeah, I think a lot of people wish they could sit down with Michael now for lots after of, his for accident. Lots of reasons. You know, there's there's the, the accident, and then there's just the way that he carried himself and the way that he was able to be a leader in a team that is pretty rare. Absolutely. I really enjoyed watching him race. Wow. And I, I enjoyed even more watching him win. He was just so excited. And sometimes guys win races, and you're like, Where's the excitement? Come on. I mean, jump up and down. Do something. I hear but, you. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I know we all wish Michael and his family well with what he's been going through. How about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well? The Rise of Superman by Stephen Kotler. <laughs> okay. It's yeah. an amazing book. Yeah. And I think that there's lots of people that would benefit from reading it. It's It's been an influential book and in how I'm going after this dream of racing and identifying some of the things that make a race car driver different or a high level action sports athlete. And it also ties into my 
previous life of being a competitive wakeboarder. It's a very good read. There you go. I'm surprised that book has not been recommended before. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these cool things that Derek has shared with us on his show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com, type in Derek DeBoer, D-E-Capital-B-O-E-R is the spelling of his last name, and you'll find links to the book. And uh, there's another great place on the website called Guest Recommended Books, where you'll find links to uh, over 1,080 book recommendations by my past inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and I made it really easy for a quick click to buy some awesome resources there. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. This is something you've seen many times in your career, Derek. This last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car, vintage race car, whatever you'd like to park in your garage and have some fun with, but here are the rules. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with or fund your racing. It's the only collector car you can have in your garage, but money's no object because I am buying, but you got to drive it and you've got to enjoy it. No garage queens here. So what can I buy you today? Oh boy, I'm going to have to... Should I be politically correct again and, and stick with the, the Porsche heritage <laughs> or no? I'm going to go offline a little bit because okay. I have always dreamt of owning a Ferrari and it doesn't necessarily have to be the most expensive one or the most exotic one. I'm also a new car guy. It might just be part of being a new car dealer. The, uh, the yeah. classics are awesome and I love seeing those $100 million numbers and stuff like that. But right now, I think it would be a Ferrari 488. A 488? Okay. Well, those are cool. I, I would be happy to buy one of those for you and drive it down there to Ashland. That'd be a fun drive. I might have to take the coast route. It might take me a little bit longer, but uh, I would love to drive a 488 down to Ashland and deliver that to your garage. Wouldn't be too Nicely bad, done. Well, uh, no, too, no, it'd be dang nice. I'll tell you. I'd fly you up here. We could drive down together. You could give me some pointers to improve my driving. That's for sure. I have a feeling, though, we might pick up a few tickets on the way. So, uh, Maybe we should just take it to Portland, meet in the middle, and have some fun on the track in that car. I think that'd be cool. Well, Derek, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I know uh, for our listeners, Derek is on his way from Ashland up to Portland to race, and uh, he's pulled off on the side of the road, and we're having a little chat here. I appreciate his daughters in the back seat putting up with our talking about cars. I'll let you get back to your drive. But I have enjoyed getting to know you better, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey uh, could you offer us, before I let you go, a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Ferrari 488? Sounds good. And uh, also, thanks to you. I've enjoyed uh, chatting with you and look forward to uh, this piece coming out on the show and checking out some of your other interviews with the other, did you say 1,082 guests or so? You are my 1,082nd guest in four years here, Derek, and I think I now have over 300 racers on the show, so you're going to find all sorts of incredible people, what I call inspiring automotive enthusiasts, but many of your peers, uh, not only guys that are up-and-comers from, uh, I think my youngest guest was a 14-year-old racer, all the way up to uh, some retired vintage racing guys, uh, Vic Elford, who ran some pretty cool Porsches, drove every Porsche 917, Derek Bell, Bobby Unser. I mean, there's some incredible people there for you to listen to while you're on these long drives and travels. Fantastic. Very cool. I look forward to it. So, yeah, um, absolutely. I guess my parting piece would be, uh, it, it would follow true to what we are trying to deliver you know, through the Fast Life TV show. And that really is, having the courage to get really honest with yourself, dig down deep inside and figure out what that passion is and what dream you have inside of you that you haven't admitted out loud 
that you want to go chase and just and do it because life is so much more rewarding when you're living your passion. I mean, everything is so much easier, so much more fun, and you're truly living. Absolutely. Words from a guy who is living his dream and walking his talk. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and what you're doing? The best spot to go is to fastlife.tv. It's got all of our social media handles and, and links to both Brooke and I. And, uh, you know, we look forward to comments. We'd love people to check out the show on Amazon Prime. Leave us some feedback. Leave those thumbs ups. You know, that's a big part of moving forward in the Amazon world. And, you know, if, we, if people like the show and, and want to see more of it, that's what we need to keep it happening. Absolutely. I'll make sure I put links to those on Derek's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Check it out. I'm an Amazon Prime member. I know because they just uh, gave, sent me a bill for a new annual membership. They upped the price a little bit. Actually, quite a bit, I thought. But I tell you, I think it's worth it. And Amazon Prime and all the great shows are an added bonus to all that free shipping that uh, we get from Amazon. Derek, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars yeah audience. And for pulling off the road and having this talk, you can get on with your journey. Until you and I talk again or we see you at the track, I'll see you down the road. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Mark. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.